Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? We have the first series of 2019. Uh, this is all about the future of tech sales. So uh, it's a little bit broadly named, Bobby, Future of Tech Sales. But I think when I we thought, look at... I thought you were the future of tech sales. Oh, yes, yes. I, well, I am, in fact, the future of tech sales uh, from a podcast standpoint. Uh, it's, it's a broad topic, but I think, Bobby, the we all have busy day jobs and we thought this would be an interesting series from two standpoints. One, whether you're looking for a job or not looking for a job, you are working with companies that are looking at investing in new technology. So worst case scenario, if you're not looking for a new job, this series might be interesting to you because as you're engaging with your prospects and your customers, these names, these company names are going to be coming up. So Worst case, it's just an education for you about some companies that maybe you heard about, maybe you haven't heard about. Um, maybe you compete with them and you know a ton about them. Um, maybe you don't, and this will be new for you. Yeah, I think you, you made a point about that we were in what we see, our preview of what we're in, our company, and what we do. And I, I would say at Dell, I, I see everything that there is hardware, from storage to servers to laptops. Um, and, and I might get on the periphery, like when it comes to storage, like where are the places people are holding their files, Dropbox, and I know that kind of competitive landscape. But what about the companies that are trying to do away with files and altogether, where people don't save files anywhere, they just work with content, right? And um, all the, the competitive threats that are out there that could just almost wipe Dell off the map if 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 they came up with the right solution. So I think too often are we, we're, we're in this cone of, cone of delusion that that only what we do and only what we're worried about is what everyone else is thinking about there's there's a billion things in tech and uh, we see less than probably five percent of what's going on in the market every day we did that listener's choice on on cognitive bias and one of the biases were uh, feeling like our technology or the company we work for or what we're closest to is the most important thing out there um when in fact this hopefully this kind of opens you up to to know what else is out there what what companies may be considering uh because we all know you know what's i don't remember the stat off the top of my head we'll put it in the show notes but how many companies from the you know fortune 50 from 20 years ago are here today this this market turns over very very fast and according to forbes magazine we're, today we'll talk about some top publicly traded companies According to Forbes magazine, these companies are going to be kind of taking over that Fortune 50 list. Yeah, and I would say, because uh, I know the list because I've already seen it, many of these didn't exist, or if they did exist, they weren't even on anyone's radar just a few short years ago, right? I no mean, doubt. And, and that should open everyone's eyes or ears on a podcast to, to what the future holds for sure. Yeah, if it's a career standpoint, think about, uh, I, I've seen it firsthand in the U.K., uh, we have in the UK, in the London office, we had 200 people there. When I joined the UK, it was probably 120. So mm. think about the leadership jobs that have opened up, the opportunities to expand your career, change your job, change what you do day to day, go open up a new market. 
these these types of companies go through such immense change that if you're looking to for a new challenge or um, or something like that, look to these types of companies because they will be growing. Well, I'll I'll call out that the top three had I had a job with them, I don't know, seven eight years ago. I, my bank account would look very different, no question. My, my stock, no stock portfolio would look very different. Um, so if you, maybe you can catch one of these privately held companies we'll talk about next week and want to take a little bit of risk, who knows what the outcome could be for you long term. So let's jump yeah. into it. Let's jump into it. So the first one, like we said, today we're going to talk about publicly traded companies. This This list is specifically called uh, the world's most innovative companies, according to Forbes. As I mentioned, we'll include the list, the full list on the show notes. That's techsellshow.com. And what what this is is an index. It's um, it's kind of a, a formula that Brigham Young, MIT have put together to rank an innovative uh, innovation premium. So it's basically the difference between their market capitalization now. So think of market capitalization, those of you that aren't finance junkies, think of market capitalization as the value of the company. So if you were to package up Microsoft and sell Microsoft on the market to one person, Microsoft is worth about a trillion dollars. Same with Apple, same with Google, same with Amazon. They're all kind of right there in that $900 billion to $1 trillion in in market capitalization or market value. And one other way to put that for the people that, again, might not be financial junkies, that's all outstanding shares of stock that everyone's ever bought and has a right to buy. If you took the day stock price times those number of shares, that's what market cap is. Yes. And, and what people get confused with is they look at stock price and they say, well, Microsoft stock is at a, what is it now? $200 a share? Then about a hundred, at- probably about 107, 107, something like that. Okay. And then let's take another company, you know, uh, a, a dog food manufacturer and their, their stock is $200 per share. And people are like, wow, how's that dog food manufacturer worth double what Microsoft is is worth? And, and that, of course, is because there are uh, fewer shares for the dog manufacturer uh, than there are for Microsoft. So, Bobby, like you say, it's it's to- total number of outstanding shares times the value of the share. In the case of Microsoft, Google, Apple, those companies, they have millions and millions and millions of shares out there with millions of millions of different owners across those shares. Yeah, 102 today right now, Microsoft is. 102. So so this index, this um, is put together based on where their, what their market cap is today, these companies, these new innovative companies, newer, I should say, versus what their actual revenues are. So, Bobby, I think another way to look at this for these innovative companies are, um, you know, in the case of the first one that we're going to talk about um, is going to be Autodesk. In Autodesk, they have a sell a sales figure of two billion dollars, but their market cap is nearly thirty billion dollars. That's a so big they're gap. trading. It's a big gap, right? So they're basically trading at many multiples higher than what they're actually worth, and that's because in, investors believe that Autodesk is is growing at a good rate. They're doing some innovative things. And uh, they're worth t- worth investing in. So they yeah, and it, Autodesk. And you just made a comment that could throw some people off. So I'm not correcting. I'm clarifying. You said that it's trading for a lot more than it's worth. 
at the end of the day, that's more, more than it's selling. So a company's normally got some multiple of future sales, right? It's not just going to go away. Um, you know, Autodesk probably has many years worth of renewable contracts and, and maintenance and whatnot out in front that that they that it is has a big value to it so the multiple every company has a multiple of one year sales but some have many many multiple uh, 100% well clarified absolutely so let's uh let's jump into the list a little bit here bobby uh some of these companies uh you know i was familiar with some of them i'm not familiar with so um and and if i was familiar with them i didn't understand the extent or the depth of what their business was i think as we talk about this list too is don't just think about the actual publisher for a software company. Don't think about just the software company itself. If you, you know, if you don't like to be in in the tech sales or software sales or hardware sales, you like to be on the services. Keep in mind that virtually every one of the companies we talk about today will have partners, and those partners will have their own separate big business um, that you could you could be a part of. So so the first one on this list, as we've talked about is Autodesk. And I think we're all familiar with the the platform solutions that have been called like AutoCAD. That that goes back to early days, long-term days uh, of us selling software. And and Autodesk has really made um, a big push to subscription services and different cloud offerings as well. Uh, So they sell through resellers, distributors. They um, have different operating segments like the platform business, the emerging business, but really, it's all focused on engineering, architecture, construction industry, helping people design, build, and manage uh, property and projects. Uh, so cool technology. Again, you don't have to. You wouldn't have to work directly for Autodesk, although it might be. You know, might be a fun place to work. They certainly uh, uh, tout that that it's a fun place to work. But they've got a, a thriving ecosystem of companies that help deploy the software, manage the software. Uh, on the customer's behalf. One thing to call out for this one, uh, and and maybe the next one is th- they were created in 1982, so this is no young company. They've been around a long time, but what they have had to do and what they've done to stick around. I bet a lot of the companies that were started in 1982 with them are no longer in business or or a part of a bigger business, meaning they've been acquired. Uh, Autodesk clearly saw their cheese moving and moved with that cheese. Um, that they had to adapt to be where they are today for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the, that is the theme for the first two here uh, because we talked about these being new companies. These are, these are old companies, uh, but they have really embraced the change uh, and not let the, uh, not let the market take advantage of them. They've added some creative finishing products too. Uh, so they're doing some like editing, finishing and visualization uh, type work as well. So it's, it's a broad, platform that's not only just the construction industry they've moved into the media and entertainment segments um, but you know a company with good a good track record good annual sales of almost 10,000 employees based out of California but they'll have offices all across uh, the US um, I don't have any personal connections here at Autodesk but I uh, you know but we can certainly search our network so if this is something you're interested in uh, give it a look yeah, oddly enough, the next one was also created, uh, founded in 1982 as well. It was indeed, and that's Adobe Systems. Uh, my my biggest memories of Adobe Systems, and this is probably very unfair for a company that does nearly $8 billion in revenue, 
per, per year with 18,000 employees. My biggest uh, thought of Adobe is PDF files that are locked that I can't edit. <laughs> oh, man, but then they, they probably made a lot of that $7 billion on people buying software to unlock it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would say many, many people probably think of them as Adobe Acrobat Reader. That's yeah. a free solution. But because they gave that away, boy, did they not get market share in, in, in desktop client software. Um, the big one that I think most other people know them for probably is Photoshop or Illustrator. Um, and I've been a huge fan of theirs forever. Uh, never really could afford their software. Never was good enough to use their software. Um, but I actually became a customer this year because of the way they've changed their model. Their cloud-based subscription is now affordable and you get every one of their tools. So for 50 bucks a month, which is not chump change that I got half off when I saw half off coupon happen, $25 a month paid in advance for a year. I get every application they sell on every device I own for sub $300 a year. Now that's a deal. If you want to see a success story from a turnaround, so the, when they made the decision to flip from a, a license model to a subscription model, they saw an initial revenue decline of 8%, and that was back in 2013, so just five years ago. Um, since then, have a look at their stock price. I mean, they are they are kind of the bell of the ball when it comes to uh, turnaround stories from these old, legacy, archaic uh, license model systems, and they have completely turned it around. Investors love Adobe. Uh, again, a stable company, been around forever, huge growing revenues, a nice employee count, offices all across the world, um, and you know, positive gap earnings, profitable business. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good things to say about Adobe. They also are in the digital marketing space as well. So if you're if you're into that, or if you are an aspiring entrepreneur and want to you know launch your own business in the future, they've got a really strong digital marketing platform as well. They've bought one of the big digital marketing companies out there, and they've done some own, their own innovation and development in house. So like analytics on social media targeting, uh, running marketing campaigns, it's expensive, expensive stuff. And this is what big businesses use, big companies use to run. Uh, very targeted marketing campaigns and measurable outcomes and results. Yeah, I just did a quick glance at their stock. I mean, you're talking to that late 2013, they were sub 50 bucks, sub 40 bucks. And now in the last year, they broke the 280 mark. I mean, that's that's 10x <laughs> almost in, in five short years. So, uh, you know, one of the weird, weird call-outs I'll make, too, is the, the amount of money they're making on their network and and photo sharing stuff through Adobe Stock, right? Um, there's a lot of places you can get some free images out there, but they, they've created a network where any photographer can sell their pictures and get paid for their pictures through Adobe Stock. And uh, it's amazing. It's it's an app store for photos is what it is, and they've, they've cornered that starting place, I would think, where people think to go get high quality pictures. Yeah, and it, it kind of, this is the first one that kind of bridges the the, the gap between comp- these tech companies that are both a B2C business model and a B2B business model. So if you thought of Adobe as just a company that you'd go buy to, to write PDF files to, write PDF files to, they sell subscriptions to companies for probably over $100,000 per year. Uh, kind of annual subscription costs for companies that are in social marketing, um, 
uh, companies that are in big developments, houses. So these are good subscription contracts uh, for a software seller. Uh, it's a good company to work for. Well, it's not uh, just last thing uh, I'll call consumer out. stuff. Last thing I'll call out is their photo photo stuff, their audio stuff. Right now, I'm using their their programs to edit the podcast. Uh, the video editing world for them is huge, uh, and people probably spend millions of dollars on subscriptions for those 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 assets in the movie industries, etc. So. Yeah. The next one that you have on the list today is Facebook. 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 Yeah, I mean, you think of Facebook, you think, oh, that's that they make all their money through ad revenue. And that's true. They make almost all of their money through ad revenue. Um, I think it's uh, 99% plus. Uh, so they are mostly a B2C. Well, let me take that back. Their advertising platform is very much a B2B platform. They target the consumers of their technology are obviously... That's the B2C model, but they make their money through advertising. Another but, part of their business. Yep, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about that. I mean, they have $45 billion in sales. Um, I would just, I, I would have to look in detail, but I'm going to guess 85 to 95% of that is ad revenue. Where does a free app still get $10 million, Brian? $10 billion yeah. with a B. Yeah, I mean, they're just taking, if, you, if you've ever run a little marketing campaign on Facebook like we have for the podcast you can you realize how fast $50 will be spent <laughs> <laughs> yes sir uh, with little to no results actually uh, and that's a you know I'm sure I'm sure it works for some people but uh, yeah you, you have uh, you have literally millions of businesses advertise their services on Facebook it's highly targeted uh, that's a big piece of their business but where you as a tech seller might be more interested in if you're not a if you're not an advertising sales is they have a whole platform um, it's called workplace that is all about collaboration and video calls um, private groups meeting spaces artificial intelligence built out for project management type work um, it's it's the same kind of Facebook platform but it's for businesses and there is actually there are there are B two B sales teams that actually sell this product to businesses. Wow! And I I tell a story of a friend of mine that uh, is a close friend, golfer buddy of mine. He looks like he might work for an oil company if you don't know no better. Um, and what he does is he flies to uh, Silicon Valley every Monday morning and home every Thursday. He works for Facebook. You would never know it. But what he does is he was a telco guy, and his group, uh, they sold some of their assets, and they joined Facebook as a group, and they are building the networks all around the globe so that Facebook can give away free internet to these third world countries and other places that are just hard to have networks in. And it's because Facebook needs you on the internet for you to see their ads, and they have a very very prescriptive calculation how much they're going to make off every other person that can get on the internet that's not on the internet today. Uh, pretty interesting story that Facebook's doing so far-reaching pieces like that when we think of them really as a social media platform. No doubt. It's a broad business. If you aspire to work for a, for a, one of these big tech giants with uh, you know $50 billion in market capitalization, that might be an interesting one to look at. All right, so we're going to cover, uh, we're going to cover four more of these. Amazon is is one that everyone's familiar with from a B2C standpoint. I'd say 99% of our listeners are familiar with their AWS business. So Amazon Web Services is a massive part of 
Amazon's uh, $800 billion in annual revenue. They have 566,000 employees. They just announced that they've opened up two new U.S. headquarters or they're in the process of opening up two new U.S. headquarters. Their market cap is, like I said, $800 billion on sales of about $193 billion. That's uh, all in U.S. Uh, so that's that's a pretty incredible uh, I mean the, pre- the premium isn't as high as it used to be um, but man what a what a move they've made over the past 20 years yeah while we've been recording this episode I've gotten two text messages from Amazon letting me know that my packages are going to be shipped and arriving today um, so that while that's what maybe a lot of people do see them as as an enterprise sales rep in corporate America Today, there are a lot of Amazon reps here in Houston, and they are doing a lot to, uh, to take corporate America by storm um, with their web services. And who knows what else they're thinking about doing. It, 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 it will continue to grow for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're selling compute power storage database services uh, for whether you're a startup, you're a large enterprise, government agency, uh, academics, whatever industry you're in, whatever computing services you're looking for, AWS is offering it. As you mentioned, Bobby, Houston has a uh, large sales force. They have sales force all across the world. Um, I've, I've worked alongside them uh, in, in both in the UK and the US. It's a, it's a very large and profitable organization. Number three on the list, we've kind of skipped through the list. We've picked the companies that do have an arm of, of, of tech sales, something that you might encounter as you engage with clients or prospects, or if you're looking for a job yourself, we've kind of picked the ones that you might come across as a tech seller. So the third one on that list, number three, we're working in reverse order to number one. Number three on that list is salesforce.com. These next three will, you'll you'll have heard probably of these next three, uh, certainly over the past three years, five years, you'll have heard of them. Uh, Salesforce is one of the first um, uh, pure, real, um, uh, CRM systems that was in the cloud, really probably one of the first enterprise-ready cloud companies out there too. When you say Bobby, they were probably made their stamp as one of the first. I would, yeah, I definitely agree. And and we do talk about books a lot, but the story of Salesforce is a really good book. The way that they they changed people's minds, the way they got in front of people that were doing three-tier architecture type solutions. Um, they they came a long way, and, and it, it's shocking to look at this report and see that they've only been around since 1999. I know that's two decades now, but uh, to be around just for 20 years uh, and to be a ten have 10.5 billion in sales and be worth almost 100 billion dollars, that's something's going on. Something's going right there if you have a product doing that for sure. No doubt, they've got a number of different businesses. The CRM is obviously the driving platform. That is their stock symbol, CRM. They've also developed this platform as a service. So um, I think one of the one of the biggest selling points of Salesforce, whether you compete with Salesforce or you sell for Salesforce, uh, I think everyone appreciates the fact that they've got a large community of apps that have been developed on the Force.com platform uh, that it kind of enhance or add capabilities to the CRM system. So. If you need a, you know, if you're a, a user or a consumer of, of Salesforce, you could go into their their store effectively, and you can buy products that do uh, pricing configuration or do, um, you know, commission calculations, that kind of stuff. So even if Salesforce hasn't developed it, they've got a very large community that has developed on Salesforce's behalf, and Salesforce obviously gets a cut of that business. 
Yeah, and that that I would say that'd be a good company to work for uh, in today's day and age. They're going to continue to innovate. They're going to continue to be that one that one that was there first, and it's going to be hard to unsee them. And with the recurring revenue that they have, you know, they're going to always be worth a lot of money because they've got no matter what. If they stop making their stuff today, they've still got three years worth of contracts that uh, continue to create revenue in real time for them uh, month after month. Indeed. All right, number two on the list is Workday. This one is near and dear to my heart. That's the company I work for. Uh, market cap of about $30 billion on sales of, uh, actually it will be $2.5 billion as the most recent earnings call. Um, so Salesforce, or Workday rather, is based in Pleasanton, California, right there in the heart of Silicon Valley. Offices all across the world. If you're not familiar with Workday, I wasn't when I was at Microsoft. Uh, it, was, it took a good buddy of ours in the Midwest that uh, came to work for Workday uh, that, that kind of turned me on to them. Uh, they basically provide uh, a cloud solution for human capital management, uh, finance, and analytics. Uh, they've got you know, a couple thousand customers, large enterprise, medium enterprise customers across the world that all run on a, the same platform, whether, they're, whether it's Netflix or a small insurance company in Austin, Texas, they all run on the same platform, very similar to Salesforce. Uh, the unique thing about Workday or the unique backstory there is that uh, Dave Duffield is the founder of PeopleSoft. He's the one that founded Workday. Uh, he had the hostile takeover of PeopleSoft by Oracle, I think it was about 16 years ago. And he structured Workday in a way that it couldn't be hostily taken over by another company. So he and Anil Bushri, the uh, present CEO of, uh, of Workday, own uh, 67% of the company's voting shares. So it makes it uh, very difficult for Workday to be taken over by uh, Oracle or another again. So there if you've you go. got any questions about that, give me a shout. And to, to, again, put it in perspective, as we get closer and closer to number one, Workday's only been around since 2005. I've only known of them a, a, a great deal since you went to work there for them, Brian. And I mean, 2005 is nothing. You figure you're in startup phase for at least three or four years of that before you have a product that you can really sell, which means they've only been selling their stuff for less than 10 years, I would think, collectively in the marketplace. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, we the first customers were on board uh, th- 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So it's very new. And look at the stock price over the past uh, four years. It's been... It Since is, you joined, uh, you mean? <laughs> well, maybe that's when I've been paying closest attention to it. That may be the fairest way to look at it. <laughs> uh, all right. Last, but certainly not least, this is number one on the list, ServiceNow. ServiceNow and, and, and Workday were kind of founded right about the same time. Stock price right about the same price. They t- tend to be kind of 10% higher than Workday at any given point. Uh, we don't compete with each other, but we're certain, you know, founded around running about the same time and, and about the same number of employees and, and annual sales. So it's been a fun company to be kind of side by side with. If you're not familiar with ServiceNow, uh, basically they provide cloud-based services to auto, auto, automate rather enterprise information technology operations. So what that basically means is they have like service desk applications. But Bobby, we were talking about this before the podcast actually uh, before this. They've actually expanded themselves quite a bit. They're doing project management, um, you know, asset management, cost management, governance uh, systems. It's a big kind of workflow engine in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's what they now strive to be is the workflow backbone for corporations. Uh, everybody's trying to capture that market now, automation and and, and the 
orchestration of a business. I, I have some close friends that work there. Was going to go to lunch with a new mentee yesterday who uh, had to get called into some end of year stuff. But uh, the it, the outside looking in with some close friends here in Houston, it does seem like they're trying to get really, really broad uh, and get a piece of everything in IT. And that's the only risk that I see for them. But uh, they, they can make a bunch of mistakes and still be healthy for many years to come with the, the, the revenues that they have come in. Again, it's a hundred percent subscription, um, which makes it, you know, interesting to hear people talk about how they have to sell those subscriptions, but, uh, they, they have a long, healthy future in front of them for sure. They do. And keep in mind, we talked about this from the kickoff of the show. Uh, these companies have very large ecosystems. They have partners that do delivery. They have partners that do training, uh, and do other configuration and ongoing management services for every company we've talked about. So if you don't want to go work for directly for the publisher or if you're having trouble getting in directly for the publisher, look to the ecosystem. And as always, Bobby and I are happy to uh, brainstorm any of this with you. So don't hesitate to uh, reach out to us as you evaluate these both professionally um, and maybe even from a career standpoint. Yeah. If you have a friend who's looking to get into inside sales or get into tech sales in any form, these top five companies we've talked about, ServiceNow, Workday, Salesforce, Amazon, and Facebook are five great companies that they can get their foot in the door and become really good tech sellers at those companies while listening to this show. Indeed. Well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you've got any feedback or anything to add to it, please let us know. Reach out to us at info at And for Bobby and Brian, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.